Welcome to the Christian Life Austin podcast. Today's sermon is a special Father's Day 2014 message from Pastor Doug Barker from the Mission of Hope Haiti. Well, thanks again for having me. Thanks for allowing me to put some stuff from Mission of Hope Haiti. And uh, please take time to stop by and pick up something out there if you'd like. Again, my name is Doug Barker. I retired after 42 years as a pastor. I'm a father of four, a grandfather of seven, a great-grandfather of one. And I am having a great Father's Day. Amen. Matthew chapter number one. Verse number 18. Or you're going there or I think it's on the screen. Did you know that the word father appears in the dictionary just before the word fatigued? And just after the word fathead. So you can just read in between those two. Is all I, that's all I got to say about that. I just know where it's at in the dictionary. Matthew chapter number one. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she shall bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. Somebody said, Amen, Hallelujah. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel which is translated, God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son and he called his name Jesus. Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable. In your sight. God let us have ears to hear what your spirit would say to us. Let us receive from your holy word. In Christ's name, amen. Joseph is a father that in many times is overshadowed by his or by the prominence that's given to his wife. To Mary. I I think that as God chose Mary to be the one who would give birth to the Son of God, I believe that in his mighty providence, he also chose Joseph. Joseph to be the father to Jesus, to raise him into manhood and to love Mary and for them together 
to be great godly parents. You see, God searched the earth. And he found a young girl, a teenager, that was engaged to be married, of whom the Bible said she had favor. She was a choice young lady, a God-fearing young lady. But God also looked for a father. He called Mary and Joseph as a couple. Now let me say that again. He called Mary and Joseph as a couple. And God is still calling couples today. That's his plan. He'll work with less, but his plan is to be a dad and to be a mom. I know there's situations, I understand things happen that causes single parenthood. I understand that. But God's choice and God's plan is for there to be a father and a mother in the house. A lot of times in a lot of homes in America, there is a male in the house and there's a mother in the house. And in a lot of homes in America, there's a father in the house and there's a female in the house. But God's design is for there to be a father and a mother. It's a different role than just a male and a female. If you're a father, you're going to help give instructions. If you're a father, you're going to be an example. If you're a father, you're going to be there when it's time to be there. Being a father. I ain't beating us up today. I'm just trying to bring a little insight. Because the role of the father is an important one. Fathers are not only needed for the physical act of conceiving a child, but they're also needed for the spiritual act of raising a child. You see, anybody can create one. But it takes a man, it takes a father to raise one. Come on, you, you can shout better than that. I know. I heard you a while ago. Christ was conceived in the womb of Mary by the Holy Ghost. A miracle took place, so, so there really was no need for a man in that conception. But a man was still needed in the life of Jesus to fill the role of a father. Think about that now. We're talking about Jesus. We're talking about the man that was there from the beginning according to the word. He was in at creation. He was around when everything was spoken in. He was there when everything was... He was there when the plan for salvation... He was there in everything. But God knew that he still needed the role of a father in his life while he walked the sandy streets of Nazareth and the shores of Galilee. He needed a father in his life. So Joseph was chosen. Joseph was a carpenter. He wasn't an all-star running back. 
He wasn't the one that never missed a three-point shot. He wasn't the one that, that soared to the heights of Wall Street. He, he wasn't the mayor of any city. He, he wasn't the one that had all the accolades. He was a carpenter. But he was chosen to influence the life of the man called Jesus. And I want you to know, Daddy, it doesn't matter what your vocation in life is. It doesn't matter if you're just barely making it from Friday to Friday. It doesn't matter if you can't spell a long word. It doesn't matter if you don't have a a suit to wear. It doesn't matter those things. God's chose you to be a father to your children. Just as God looked for a godly young woman to bring forth the child Jesus, he looked for a godly man to be the father. What a great model Joseph is for us. Let me give you some things. Joseph was a loving man. We've read about it. The scripture draws a picture of a caring and an affectionate man. Because in Matthew chapter 1 that we read, Joseph finds out that Mary's pregnant. He didn't have a revelation. He got information. What is he to think when he gets the information? What would I think? What what, what would you think? See, Joseph had fallen in love with Mary. He did all the right things that he should have done. He pursued her heart with all the proper customary things. They'd go by the local jewelry store while they're out on a walk and they'd look at the rings in the window. He'd take her to candlelight dinners. He'd pick flowers for her and bring them to her. He'd take her on care drives. All the proper customary things. They made plans. They talked about plans. The house with the picket fence, the dog in the yard the children they were going to raise, a good business they would start, and they'd they'd have. Then he gets the information that this sweet girl that he's fallen in love with is pregnant. Not pregnant, but newly pregnant. You don't know who the father is, but you can rule out one. (laughs) Joseph's mind spins and spins and spins. Every time I have an opportunity, 
I'm going by and I'm picking up Mary and we're going on these walks and we're walking by the jewelry store and we're, doing, we're taking the carriage rides and I'm bringing her flowers and, I'm, and, and, and I find out she's pregnant and I know who the daddy isn't. Now in Bible times, finding out that she's pregnant Joseph had some obligations by the law. Even though they were not married by law, he was to give her a divorce, even though they were just engaged. But he knew that that would expose her. And Joseph loved Mary too much to do that. And fathers and husbands, that's how we're to love our family. Not at the break room, talking about our wife in a negative tone. Not when we're with our best buds and telling them, man, if she would only. Not talking about that son that I, 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 I that lives in my home. He would have loved him. Let me ask you something, sir. Have you ever made a mistake? Have you ever done wrong? Did you ever get a whipping growing up? I grew up in a house to where mama made you cut your own switch. I made mistakes from time to time just going and getting a little bitty twig. And mama would call me by all three of my names and tell me if I don't get the right one, she's getting daddy's belt. And I'd go get the right one. And after she'd used that on me, sometimes mama would forget that that was enough. She'd go get daddy's belt for some more. I was on drugs as a child. I was drugged to church on Monday, on Tuesday, on Wednesday, on Thursday, on Friday. We Pentecostals used to have church. I was raised under the front pew, picking up bobby pins. Yes, I was. I know what a pallet's like. I know what bobby pins look like. Somebody just looked over at somebody and said, what is a bobby pin? I was raised in that environment. But I made mistakes. I did wrong. And when I did wrong, I got corrected. And I was corrected with love. I wasn't talked about how bad of a person I was. I was corrected with love. So Joseph didn't want to expose Mary because he loved Mary. And Ephesians chapter number 5 tells us, men, that we're to love our wife as Christ loved the church. And he's not talking about 4700 Westgate Boulevard, B. 
building. He's talking about the person that's breathing air next to you. That's the church. And that's how we're to love. Sometimes we, we're, we're more excited about vacuuming the carpet and dusting the chandeliers and making sure everything looks pretty here and dogging what sits next to us. But you're dogging what God created. Man can tear this building down, but God made that vessel, sir. God made that vessel, ma'am. So quit talking about God's creation that way. Love it. Love it. Don't say you love the church and hate your brother. Don't say you love the church and hate your children. Don't say you love the church and not like your husband. Don't say you love the church and not be in love with your own wife. Well, that's another time with another group. Jesus was loving towards, I mean, Joseph was loving towards Jesus, his son. When Jesus was born, it had been real easy for Joseph to cop an attitude. Think about it. It would have. But there wasn't an attitude. He, he didn't stand a, a, adjacent to the nursery and say, well, he ain't mine. He loved him as his own. There was no resentment. There was no indifference towards him. No lack of love because Jesus was the son that belonged to Joseph. He protected him from the hatred of Herod. If you go on and read chapter number two, you see that he did. He nurtured and he cared for him. He taught him how to work. Taught him how to be a carpenter. He adopted the one the rest of the world would reject. Joseph was a devout man. He obeyed God. See, when God spoke to Joseph, Joseph explicitly followed the Lord's leading and his direction. He didn't follow what he had marked out in his 10-year plan for his own life. When God spoke, he followed God. There are times in our lives, sirs, that we do have that five-year plan, that 10-year plan, that 15-year plan. Career planning is not bad. But always be flexible to the voice of God. Always listen to the voice of God and follow the voice of God. And following the voice of God, when God spoke to that carpenter, telling him, take your wife and your son and get out of here. He may not have known the reasons for getting out of here at that moment, but he took them and he followed the voice of God. My children didn't always understand when I would come in and I would set them down after having conversation with their mother and my wife in sin. God's leading us. But dad, I like it here. Johnny's my best friend. 
Sally's, I, I, I get to spend the night with Sally a lot, and so on and so on and so on. They didn't always understand. But they knew that I'd heard God's voice, and God said, it's time to go. And they journeyed with me as a family. And dads, I'm telling you, if you'll begin to follow the voice of God, you'll look beside you and see a wife and you'll look around you and see children that'll begin to surround you that maybe didn't go anywhere and follow because, well, don't worry, dad's going to have another dream in the morning. Dad's going to wake up with another thought the next week. But if you'll begin to follow the voice of God and your family sees that you're faithful to God and your family sees the blessings of God that's coming upon you because you're following the footsteps of God, then your family will surround you and you'll look around and you'll say, man, I'm a blessed man. I'm a blessed man because my family follows me. My family goes with me. Joseph was a devout man. He, he was a man that obeyed the voice of God. And God spoke in a dream and told him to marry. Mary, a pregnant Mary. That's when God spoke to him. Mary, a pregnant Mary. He obeyed. When God spoke and told him to take him and go to Egypt for safety, He closed up business and he left. When God said it's okay to go back to Israel, he obeyed. He was a man of faith. Men in this room or males in this room, be a man of faith. It takes faith to pack up and head to a foreign country. No prospects and no planning. Just going on the voice of God. Because sometimes all we have is the voice of God. Sometimes that's it. Just the voice of God. But another song that rings in my ears so often in my life are the words that simply say this. Take this whole world. But give me Jesus. Just the voice of God ringing in my ears. But the world says, take this whole world. People don't always understand why you follow the voice of God. But we're not here for people to understand. We don't need to understand. We just need to hold. Somebody help me with that. Hold his hand. Fathers, your faith is going to speak volumes to your children. Raise them in an environment of faith towards God. Raise your children in that environment. My father never played any sports or taught me to play any sports. Never. He just didn't. It wasn't part of him. He never taught me how to bait a hook, never took me fishing, never put a gun in my hand, showed me how to shoot anything. He never taught me how to change the oil on a car or spark plugs that you could do back in those days, never. But the thing that my father, third grade educated truck driver in the city of Dallas did teach me Love God, 
love people. I don't fish still today. I'll eat fish. I don't shoot a gun today. The only gun I've ever had was when I was drafted into Vietnam and the government gave me one and three years later I gave it back to them. I don't work on a car today if I wanted to go tomorrow. I believe in other people having an occupation. I lose as many golf balls as anybody will. That's about it for me. But I'm always going to love God. And I'm going to love you. There was a farmer that had toiled over a bumper crop of grain, one that was needed, one that would pay off the creditors and secure his family for another year. Just a few days before the harvest, a freak wind and hailstorm destroyed the crop. The father and his son goes out to the field. They look over the damaged crop, just a few stalks that had survived. The son wanted to see what his dad was doing. His dad reached down to pick up a piece of soil. And as he looked at that soil and surveyed that damaged field, knowing that he could not pay off creditors, knowing that he wasn't going to be able to do what he had hoped to do for his family the next year, he looked at that soil and he began to see rock of ages, cleft for me. Let me hide myself in thee. Dad, when the rays doesn't come that you had planned on, when the promotion goes to someone else, when the company retires you, when the company closes, when the family's in a mess, when the children become prodigal, when your health weakens, pick up and say, Rock of Ages, cleft for me. Some of you have already had those moments in your life. Rock of Ages. That young boy was asked years later, And he said, the greatest sermon I ever heard was preached by my daddy when he said, rock of ages, with everything destroyed. See, faith is where the rubber really does meet the road. Joseph was faithful in his spiritual duties. He was regular in going to God's house. You want your children to follow you. You want your kids to be Followers of you, Dad, go to church. Take them to God's house. I'm excited to hear of a church that has a gathering on Wednesday night. That's rare in America. That's rare. Listen to me. You ought to be excited about that. 
Because I don't know how many of you, because I don't know you yet, I'm your newest member, remember that? But I will get to know you. But I'm telling you this, we cannot make it from Sunday to Sunday. We need something in between. We do. We do. I don't want to kiss from my wife last night to last till I want another one real soon. There's a dad sitting in a chair. He saw his son just kind of milling around that morning. He said, son, you need to hurry up and get ready for church. His son said, are you coming with me to dad? He said, no, I'm not going, but you hurry and you get ready. The boy said, dad, did you go to church when you was a boy? He said, I did. Every week. The little boy was heard to say, yeah, and it did a lot of good, didn't it? What's your sons and your daughters seeing in you, Dad? What are they seeing out of us? They're watching us. They're saying inside, I want to grow up to be like you. LeBron should not be their example. Mac Brown should not be their example. I should have chose the Aggies, I guess. I talked about them. Not for sure. Some of y'all done checked out. I've got two more hours before lunch. You need to be their example. I, I don't... I, listen to me. Listen, listen, listen. I don't want anybody being an example to Steve, Paul... Ryan and Chelsea, but me. I want other people in their life. But I want Chelsea, when she's ready to get married, to say, I saw how my daddy treated my mama. That's the type of man I'm looking for. I seen how my daddy opened the door for my mama. Buddy, you better open this door. I ain't getting in. I want my boys to remember what they've seen, how I've treated their mother and how that I've been in front of them and how they've heard conversations between me and their mother. Not a yelling match, but conversations between me and them. I want them to see how that I've held their mother's hand, how I've loved their mother, how that I cherish their mother, how I respect their mother so that they will have an example when they find a wife, which they have found wives, and how they can be a godly husband to their wives. I don't need somebody else being that I want to be that example and so should you sir Joseph was a wise man he was wise because he redeemed the time time management was part of his life it seems that he lived a shortened life we don't read of his of him after Jesus' childhood and at the cross Jesus charged John to care for their mother. But the chances are that Joseph used his time honorably because he provided for his family. He set an example and he raised them in the nurture of God. 
Joseph could have possibly had other sons and maybe daughters. He left a legacy. In closing, I'm going to leave a little story with you. A young boy had been placed in the hospital. The doctor had met with his father and mother and they had told him he doesn't have but just a few days to live. There's nothing that we can do. After the mom and dad had had their moments together of brokenness and disappointments, the father went in and he sat down by his son's bed and he reached over Pastor Rex and he took that son by the hand. And he said, son, the doctors have just told your mom and I that it's just a matter of maybe a few hours. Son, this is hard for us. We're going to miss you. Son, are you afraid to die? Are you afraid of meeting God? And the son's reply was this. No, not if he's like you, Dad. Would you stand? Ask us, fathers, if that was you that had walked into the room of your son or your daughter, in the very last hours, were beating out of their life. Nobody could do anything to save them. And you were to ask your child, are you afraid to die? Are you afraid of meeting God? Would you hear back those words? No. Not if he's like you, Dad. If you're here this morning, Maybe there's some things that need to be adjusted or changed in your life. So that would be a statement that would come from a son or a daughter. I want you to lift your hand and say, pray for me. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Not if he's like you, Dad. Thank you in the balcony. Not if he's like you. I want to be the man that my family would say, not if he's like you, Dad. Pastor's going to come. Keep your hands up. Pastor's going to come and he's going to bring this service to an end. He's going to talk to you men. 
He's going to pray over us. The Father of this house is going to pray. Dear Lord, I thank you today for the word. Thank you for listening to the Christian Life Austin podcast. For more information, please visit clcaustin.com.